Housing. Joining us now in our studios is Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Martin. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. We've got some sunshine for you. I know. Do you like that? We ordered it's that especially awesome. for you. Yeah, thank you. It's been I feel too so glo- honored. It's been so gloomy lately, so <laughs> I thought we could uh, start off with a little bit of sunshine before we get down yeah. to business. Did you order daffodils too? Because I'm like looking and it's looking still a little brown here, Jeff. That's, I think you're just like a little lax on your game here. Maybe maybe in your uh, your mid-May. <laughs> Uh, arrival here at KYMN Radio will have some daffodils. 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 Yeah. There you go. You had a council meeting last night. There are yeah. some things to talk about. Um, we have uh, on the. Um, I've complained a lot about trains and noise. <laughs> trains. I don't know if you've caught that with me about that. Have you ever noticed that? But uh, there, are, Northfield has been taking some steps through the years to gradually make this a, a no, uh, no horn sounding uh, zone. But uh, and last night, uh, kind of moving sort of in that direction. Well, uh, there you discussed the Second Street Railroad crossing, some signal improvements, and some modifications to Spring Street. If you do put the uh, big yard arms down there, uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So one of the things that I would say is that the the council and city staff really have been looking at how we can make our city or the multiple intersections that we have running through our city with. Um, between the streets and the railroad crossings, right? We have so many within our small city, I would say. And uh, to see if there's a way that we can turn our area of the city into a quiet zone. And I know from uh, Mr. Bennett's presentation last night, he was saying that we needed to have, I think, what is it, five consecutive railroad crossings where um, there were we adjusted the crossing area so that we can achieve that quiet zone designation, which would eliminate the blowing of the horns at, I mean, I don't know how many times a day is that, Jeff? I think you probably know it more personally <laughs> than I do. Um, uh, I think about the, between 30 and 35. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's a lot. It's a lot of trains it going is. through day and night. Yeah. Uh, and not the best idea for if you want to sleep, right? Are you having a family outing? I mean, everything comes, all conversation comes to a halt when a train goes by and it's blowing its whistle, which mm-hmm. is for safety purposes. But last night, I think there was some additional conversation around spring street uh and what to do with that particular uh section of road that runs in between really saint dominic school and um runs over to where the depot is located so between second and is that right between second and saint olaf avenue Mm -hmm. uh there's a, a small road in there that really is does not connect it's not on our typical grid pattern and to see if there's some different ways that we could design that road so that we can ensure that we get that quiet zone designation or just alter it. So would there I uh, I know that crossing I go over the second street crossing you know, several times every day. Usually uh, it uh, that road just goes right into the railroad tracks pretty much. Would you is there um any, uh, you, I, I would think you pretty much have to change it to put in uh, the crossing arms. Uh, the modifications, could you, have they, which, what have they studied? Maybe just rerouting that a little bit so it's more of an angle or just closing it off? Yeah, so last evening there was three options that were presented to the city council. And again, as you said, Jeff, at that, at that intersection on 2nd and uh, Spring, 
Um, one of the things with the designation is you need to do additional controls at the crossing. So in addition to the arms, sometimes there are things like the medium barriers, like we did on Third Street, uh, uh, discourage the ability of vehicles to be able to kind of go around those or just do a U-turn to try and turn around and get out of there just for safety purposes and because the proximity there doesn't allow enough spacing so that's why there are some options so one option that was discussed was to convert spring street to a one-way um, might allow um, the ability for shifting of kind of the road a little bit as to how the vehicles would get in there um, a second option would be to dead end spring street north of second street there are some homes in there um that that would uh, we'd still need to be able to provide access for uh, so that was an option and then another option that was discussed was realigning the street um, that would allow it to be pulled back further west um, on second street um, however that would require acquisition of um, all uh, or some of 304 uh, second street a property right there on the corner um, would be required for that one so that'd be quite a bit of uh, impact i guess with that third option as well mm -hmm. When will a decision be made on that? Is that, uh, and when will the construction, is that uh, on the schedule yet or are in the uh, long range uh, planning? So potentially, I think I heard uh, Mr. Bennett talk about that last night as, oh, maybe, no, I do not know. I was going to say 2023, but I'm not sure that that's actually right. I don't know if Mr. Martig has that. Yeah, I think the next steps, the, I think the general consensus of the council was is the, the first option to convert to Spring Street to a one-way was kind of a phased approach and then evaluating the other alternatives. So as uh, the next phase going into the design, moving into more detailed design that would come back to the city council is kind of the next step in the process. So I think uh, the city engineer wanted to get feedback while that was being developed to, uh, so that that there was some direction first from the city council, but I, yes, I believe it's a 2023 construction project. You also, one of the other items on the agenda last night was reviewing and discussing land development code provisions related to the heritage preservation commission. Uh, that sounds kind of vague. What was that about? I think it's really, um, uh, through the process, gosh, and Mr. Martig maybe can help me out with this too, because there's a lot of technical stuff within here. So the, the Heritage Preservation Commission met with the City Council at one of our previous work sessions and really was seeking, and I think our staff and the Council all agreed, there needed to be some clarity on the language with regards to when, if there's an appeal, if a city has to, if city projects have to get a certificate of appropriateness from the HPC. The HPC really, they govern the exterior of buildings within our historic district. So it's not citywide. They are very specific in terms of uh, their authority, and it's only for the exterior of the buildings. It's not the interior of the mm -hmm. buildings. And so oftentimes, uh, anytime any updates, windows, exterior painting, surface area of a building, um, they often need to go before the HPC to receive approval. And that's that, we call it for short, COA. Mm -hmm. um, and that, so there was uh, an effort to receive some clarity on whether or not the city needs to get a COA for projects within the historic district. And I think it unilaterally, people agreed, the council agreed, um, planning commission agreed, HPC agreed. Yes, cities, any city building should be receiving a COA. And I think there were some uh, additional agreement on whether or not there should be ex 
some exemptions, I think, for both public and private buildings or properties. And uh, there's agreement on that. There was then just that additional question. There were three uh, really points last night that we were getting some clarity from the council on and was who the appeal should be. And it's my understanding that there haven't been a lot of appeals of the HPC decisions over the years, but right now that appeal is set to go to our Zoning Board of Appeals, which is also our Planning Commission. And uh, the council gave direction last night that they really want all of those appeals for both public and private to come back to the council as that elected body and... Um, has the greatest sense of uh, response to the community, that connection is more open, it's more transparent, uh, to come back to the council to get uh, an appeal, if either for both um, public or private. So Now, I would, uh, <clears throat> I'm presuming that uh, all of this uh, is kind of geared towards what's happening downtown, <clears throat> pardon me, with uh, the Fifth and Water uh, reconstruction, the buildings down there, uh, tearing down some buildings, building some new ones, then also Bridge Square. Uh, have the lines really been drawn now on what you have to do? Are we all clear on how to proceed with that? I think the uh, the, clear, the the change in the clarity on the uh, or, would be done through an ordinance amendment. So this is kind of this process has been leading towards that to provide greater clarity, particularly around yeah those public projects on that. So from here, it would um, staff has already started drafting some of the language. It got a little technical in the different options and complex. So we took a little step back when we brought it to the council to probably fo focus more on the larger. Um, kind of policy questions but now going back to the ordinance drafting we'll take the direction from mm -hmm. the city council um be going back to the heritage preservation commission uh, to share kind of a draft uh, and then the the amendment process will actually go through the planning commission the council can initiate or initiate an ordinance amendment but through the land development code this type of an amendment first will be kind of coming through a planning commission a public hearing that if this mm -hmm. plays out we're looking that hearing could happen in as early as June, um, and then the council would be back in July. So these things do take quite a while um, to get input, but I do think it was really important, and I think mm -hmm. the, the council staff certainly appreciated getting the different perspectives of the Planning Commission, Heritage Preservation, and council on all of that. So although it takes mm -hmm. a little more time, um, I think it's helpful to bring people along. And then also, um, when you get into the detail of the writing, there'll probably be more input as we go and actually put the fine pencil to paper on on the ordinance language, but um, it's moving along and we are kind of concurrently with Bridge Square. Um, we are working very closely with the Heritage Preservation Commission um, and others related to the Bridge Square development. So that's progressing along concurrent with the ordinance amendments that are happening. Uh, ben Marting, City Administrator and Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell are sitting in with us. We're talking about last night's council meeting. Uh, Branding Advisory Committee was uh, or considered it to be established. <laughs> they were considering and establishing such a unit. Are we rebranding uh, something or what? Uh, what's going on with that? I would uh, I would say it's a little bit of new branding. I'm not sure that Northfield has done a, an actual branding exercise before, but 
kind of just as we are doing our strategic planning and knowing they're going to need to be things done like some increased signing. I think as we do some marketing pieces, we felt that it was probably good to start with kind of a base foundation of what is the essence of Northfield? Who are we? And kind of build kind of a brand around that. Um, and uh, communities have done that and effective branding requires professionals to do that. And it's it an outcome might be a thing like a logo, but it's more than a logo. It's more kind of helping to create who you are to help communicate that to might be economic to, to help us with economic development might be related to placemaking in the downtown to do um, placemaking improvements might be other types of things um, with the community to communicate to potential um, residents of the city about who we are and things. So um, the, this kind of kicked off a process um, with a, where there would be a community advisory group that would help um, give input to the process. There would certainly be public engagement that comes later, um, but the mayor would do an appointment of some individuals with that um, to come back uh, at a future meeting and uh, hopefully kick this off as part of some of our strategic planning um, to be done this year. One thing I'm curious about, uh, I'm looking at the agenda right now, and one of the attachments was a video introduction from Izmir, Turkey. <laughs> that seems like an odd thing to introduce to a Northfield City Council meeting <laughs> when you're considering branding. Did they do a, a branding uh, operation there? Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. We're here in America, but Northfield's on the map internationally with two colleges that, that you know attract international students from around the world. We have a history in Northfield that draws interest from the West as it relates to the defeat of Jesse James that probably draws interest across the world. Mm -hmm. So why not Turkey as an example okay. uh, with the history in Turkey and what's going on there? But um, we, we looked a little bit around on the internet and uh, they had some unique kind of history and it was a fairly short video that I think articulated a little bit what a, what right. a brand can be. So yeah, we, we always don't look local for examples for right. ideas. We went overseas for this example. Is, is, is on that branding. a YouTube thing? Can I watch uh, the <laughs> It is. It's on YouTube. All right. Yes. I'm going to have to check that out. I haven't been out there, but maybe that's my new vacation destination. <laughs> there we go. Look at the branding on that city, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you also had uh, one final thing here, and it concerns uh, the uh, storm structure repair project. Uh, what has been, uh, what needs repair? So... <laughs> We have been doing some uh, storm structure repair projects. So really, it was identifying some inflow, outflow. This is really technical stuff. And I think that really the council discussion around this particular one centered around a pedestrian bridge that is being recommended to be done in, in connection with all the other storm repair um, projects uh, that were presented last night. And it's... Uh, between, gosh, it's like behind Huron Court and uh, extends out, there would be a path that would extend out from Meadowview Drive, I believe is the street. So it's over between Prairie Street and Spring Creek. Okay. Or Hall Avenue. There you go. Is that really specific <laughs> enough for you, Jeff? <laughs> okay. So um, that's really where the conversation was last night um, we've been looking at stormwater and constantly looking at mm -hmm. what things need to be improved here to make sure that the water is being taken care of during some of our major storm events uh, rainfall data has been updated and so we're making some improvements there all right good enough yeah, good, good enough <laughs> what anything else you'd like to mention while we have you in here 
One thing we do have, um, maybe looking ahead just to this weekend, is Mother's uh, Day weekend here coming up. And uh, you can help your mom by uh, cleaning out the house a little bit with maybe some extra junk that might be in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the city will be having cleanup days this Saturday. You can find out more information online, but we take appliances, old computers, electronics, construction debris type things tires whatever um, we got lots of different things that we'll be taking so encourage that and in addition to uh, gardening I know I got uh, they often say Mother's Day is kind of the kickoff to gardening season as well so I thought um, it was it was the fishing opener oh <laughs> sorry I'm not a fisher person but I guess a following weekend this year but uh, 66 and sunny on Saturday yeah. so yeah I get uh, get a lot of things done it's a good yeah. day to get things done yeah Thank you so much for coming in. We uh, certainly appreciate that. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you uh, soon. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Powdell and City Administrator Ben Mardigan. You're listening to The One, 95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN. We've got Rich coming up next with local news. Tim, news and a side of sports on the way. This news update is brought to you by Great Rivers Mutual Insurance Company, where you can get the coverage you need from the people you know. At Great Rivers Mutual, you get the coverage you need from the people you know. And we will be there for you when you need us most, because at Great Rivers Mutual, we grow trust locally. With 18 agencies and over 100 agents across Minnesota, including Northfield, Kenyon, Wanamingo, Goodhue, and Lakeville areas, our agents provide friendly,